Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Mojo Sports Show. I am your host, Mr. Mojo, bringing you all the world sports today on this Saturday afternoon. Show starting at noon today, a special time because of practice this morning with my Hasbro Hawks baseball team and uh, 7U travel team. We had a great practice this morning, so we had to start the, practice, the show a little late today, but here we are, 12 noon, and a lot to cover today. We got a lot of baseball today, Mets, Yankees. We're going to talk Bartolo Colon signing with the Twins. We're going to talk, you know, the Mets obviously losing two in Washington. They get the first game in St. Louis as the All-Star breaks coming on Tuesday. So, actually, after tomorrow, get the home run contest Monday and then the All-Star game Tuesday. Yankees limping into the break as well, not playing good baseball right now to start a struggle. But Aaron Judge comes the first Yankee, all-time Yankee, Rookie home run leader with 30 homers already before the All-Star break, which is unbelievable. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the home run derby and the All-Star game. We're going to preview that as well. So we're going to cover a lot of, and all the top news in baseball. So we're going to cover all of that stuff. I'm also going to be talking some NBA. We're going to go over the rumors of the week, the trade, the signing. Obviously, Gordon Hayward to Boston, the big move of the week. Knicks offering Tim Hardaway four years, $71 million off the sheet. Will the Hawks match it today? Hopefully not. But we're going to see that. We're going to keep an eye on that throughout the show. And we're going to talk about all the top NBA news. And then NHL as well, we're going to be going through all the top rumors. Gene Cherry is going to be joining me in the 1 o'clock hour. And we're going to talk about all the hockey rumors, trades and of the week, and uh, all the top stuff going on in the NHL. So it's a busy show today. A lot of baseball, a lot of basketball, a lot of hockey. But we, we are going to start off with baseball. But before I get going with baseball, I want to give a shout-out. Shout out to the Hasbro Hawks baseball team. I got Anthony Chase and Braden here. Say hi, guys. Hi. Great practice, right? How about the team? How's the team doing? Good. Right? You're going to win a championship this year? Yeah. Yeah, right? All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming on and saying hello. So, Anthony Chase and Braden of the Hasbro Hawks, 7U travel team. Great team, great kids. Great. I love the kids. I love the team. And uh, we're doing great. And, uh, you know, we won the Memorial Day tournament. You heard me say that on the air. And, uh, you know, we got, we're got finishing up the summer league. We got districts in a couple of weeks. And then we got the summer playoffs. So a lot going on for the Hazlitt Hawks. And great group of kids, parents, and coaches. We just got a great great group here going. And hopefully we can win some more championships. So it was nice to have them on, say a few words on the show today. So thank you all for, for listening. And, uh, you know, Keep rooting for Hazard Hawks, the Hawks pride. All right? So, now, 
said baseball. The Mets, obviously, limping into the break. Very inconsistent. They started playing good baseball. Then they hit Washington. They lost two games to Washington after losing the last game to Philly. So it was a three-game lose streak. They snap out of it last night with the Cardinals. Big win. DeGrom gave them, gave them strong innings, you know, seven strong innings. You know, give up four solo homers. At least he kept them to solo home runs. So great job by uh, DeGrom last night. Mets scored enough runs. You know, seven runs. They put up the runs to win the game. You know, listen, Reyes, Reyes has been hot lately. You got, got to give Reyes credit. He's turned it around. I mean, he's still only hitting 214 or whatever, but he's definitely turned the season around. And as, as, as uh, you know, and Bruce is just, what more can I say about Bruce? I know he's had some slumps in there, which most power hitters do during the year. But Bruce has been their most productive hitter pretty much all year. Uh, you know, him and Conforto, Conforto's been hurt. So Bruce, again, three for five last night, 262 average. He's hitting he has 22 home runs now, 58 RBIs, doing a great job. Reyes obviously hit his eighth home run. Yes, he's up to 214 now, so he's been turning it around. Chester is still looking to get going consistently, but he'll he's fine. I'm not worried about him. Grandison obviously has been hitting better, one for four yesterday. But the Mets are starting to hit a little more. But, you know, just the inconsistency is the, the killer of the team. I mean, because they have hit most of the year, especially home runs. But it's uh, the inconsistency. But it was nice to see last night the Grom pitch good. The worry for me is Levins right now. Levins don't look good at coming out of the pen the last few rounds. He's not throwing as hard as he used to throw. Usually in the lower 90s, he's throwing 80, topping out at 89 yesterday. And that was a little troublesome. But, in the last couple of outings, he's been like that. But Reed looked great in the ninth inning. So the Mets get a much-needed win, 6-5 to five last night. And uh, so we'll see uh, if they can keep it going today. Obviously, Cardinals got a good hitting team, so they got a lot of power. They hit a lot of home runs to Cardinals. But the Mets got to Carlos Martinez, which was shocking yesterday, and were able to, uh, to, to put up just enough runs to hold on and win the game. So now you look at it. The Mets are 39-45. They're still six on. They're still 11 back of Washington, 10 in the lost column. When you look at the second wild card, the Rockies 51-38. and 38. So the Mets are seven, 12, 19, nine and a half out, seven in the lost column. So a lot of work. Plus they got a lot of teams ahead of them. I'm not, you know, I, don't, I think it's too much ground to make up. Obviously, there's a long way to go. I and mean, if they win 10-12 in a row, they can get right back in it. But the way they've been playing all year, does anybody see them winning 10-12 in a row? It's hard to think. I mean, they're a minus 40 on the season. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, the other news is Cologne start, uh, signing with the Twins to a minor league deal. Look, it was almost a full-down conclusion. The Mets were going to get Cologne, and then they ended up not getting them, which was a stunner. But I think Cologne wants to go to a contender, and you know, maybe who knows why they didn't come. Maybe some hard feelings there. I don't know. So it almost seemed like it was almost done that the Mets were going to get Cologne, and then he signed with the Twins of all teams. So kind of shocking that he would sign with the Twins. So, but you look at it now, the Nationals, nine and a half games on the Braves, 11 on the Mets, 11 and a half on the Marlins, 22 and a half on the Phillies. The Brewers have been a surprise of the league, one of the surprises of the league, 49 and 40, with a four and a half game lead over the Cubs, three in the loss column, six and a half over the Cardinals, eight over the Pirates, 10 and a half over the Reds. The Reds have faded. I mean, the Reds have that early surprising start. They have faded out. Then the Dodgers were just playing great baseball, 30 games over 500. Five-and-a-half game lead on the Diamondbacks, eight-and-a-half on the Rockies, 21 up on the Padres, and 25 on the Giants. Then, like I said, the wild card, the Diamondbacks and the Rockies with the lead, and then you have a bunch of teams, five, six out in the lost column, and the Mets, seven out in the lost column. As far as the American League, the Yankees, another loss yesterday, really struggling right now, limping into the break, down to 44-40 and 40 
four and a half games behind Boston, three in the loss column. But now for them, I mean, at one point they had a big lead in the wild card. And now the wild card, they're only one game up from not even making the playoffs anymore. The Twins in the world go one game behind in the wild card. The Indians in first, obviously two. The Indians a game and a half lead over the Twins would have been another surprise. Royals two out. Royals have been one of the hottest teams in the league lately. Tigers eight games out, White Sox nine out. And then the Astros are 16-and-a-half game lead over the Angels, 16-and-a-half over the Rangers, 17-and-a-half over Seattle, 21 over Oakland. Washington, nine-and-a-half game lead over the Braves, 11 over the Nationals. Obviously, we did that already. And actually, let's do the Red Sox, four-and-a-half game lead over the Yankees, five-and-a-half over the Rays, nine-and-a-half over the Orioles, nine-and-a-half over the Blue Jays. And the wild card, like I said, the Yankees and Twins got the wild card, but the Royals a half game back right now. And you have, like, Tampa Bay, three out in the lost column, Baltimore and Toronto, six, and the Angels, six games. And the Rangers only four out in the lost column. So. And the Mariners are six out, too. So it's a, a tight squeeze there as well. So as you look at it, obviously Aaron Judge becomes the first Yankee rookie, all-time Yankee rookie home run leader in the first half of the season with 30 home runs. I mean, pretty incredible the year he's putting together, Aaron Judge, as he hits his 30th home run last night. And I'll tell you, it's just, uh, can we get this guy hit 50 home runs in his rookie year? That's the crazy part about it. I mean, he's hitting 330 with 30 home runs. 30 home runs saw the eye. Unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. Gary Sanchez, you know, another guy going to home run contest. He's been hitting a little better. But he's been inconsistent. But yesterday he went 0 for 4. Obviously, uh, Gardner's has been really good all year. DD's been really good. The guy Troy that they just I mean these guys hitting a couple of bombs for them in a couple of games the first baseman, so that's giving them a little spark offensively. The Yankees are struggling right now. Their pitching is really just hurting them right now. Pineda's been inconsistent. Tanaka has turned it around though lately. So you have Severino had a couple of rough outings lately, but he's been their, pretty much their best pitcher all year. But you know, it's 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 tough. It's tough that uh you know, team, you're playing well, you hit the struggle. How do you get out of these struggles? And that's the thing you got to try to dig out. Listen, there's a long way to go, and it's still in the race. Now, the question that we've talked about on the show, do the Yankees go out and make the moves necessary to 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 put them over the top? Like, they need pitching. Are they going to be willing to trade some of these prospects to get what they need? That's the question on everybody's mind, and that's, that's what we're going to see. We're going to see how that all works out. Also, I'm going, to, I'm going to hit the phone calls, but I do want to give another shout-out. I want to give a shout-out to the Yoda Cousins who are doing the mud run today. I wish I could have been with you guys today. I just I couldn't do it today, but Keith, EJ, Kathy, and Debbie, the Yoda Cousins, keep it going today. Have a good run. They're probably in, in it right now because it was 1130 start. So good luck, guys. Get through it. We have a big slate football doubleheader tomorrow, so Keith and EJ don't get hurt today. But have some fun and get through it. Hope you guys uh, have a have a good time today. So I want to give them a shout. I wish I could have been there with you guys. Next year I'll definitely be back there with you guys again. So definitely uh, have a good time today, guys. All right, now I'm going to hit the phone line. Fody from Pinebush, what's going on? It's not Fody. It's Christine. From oh, Christine Pine from Pinebush. I'm sorry, my mistake. What's going on? <laughs> Nothing. What's up? What's going on? I'm a little upset about the Yankees, and they definitely need pitching. This is their problem every year. 
every year they need pitching and they don't get what they need. You know, yeah. and this is just frustrating at this point. Like, just so get need, some they pitching. They need to go make the move. Yeah, no, they need to go make the move. They, you know, right now they're struggling right now, and you know the only way they got to try to dig themselves out somehow, and they're gonna have to go get some to do it. They're gonna have to. I mean, they have four games with Boston. They have four games with Boston next week. You know, they need to win those games. They need to at least win three out of four from Boston. Well, the good thing is if they win three out of four, they'll be right back in it, right back into the division. Right. If is the big word. If they lose three out of four, then they further fall back, right? If they lose three out of four, then they go further back. But the key to me is also is they – the problem with getting pitching right now is nobody's ready to trade yet. Teams are going to be ready to trade towards the end of July, you know, near the deadline. Nobody's yeah. really ready to stop moving guys yet. That's the thing. You may be able to, but if you overwhelm somebody, you can force them to make a trade. But, again, which prospect are the Yankees going to be willing to get? Teams are going to ask the Yankees for their best. They're going to ask them for the guy Frazier. They're going to ask them for the kid Chase Adams and the minors. They're going to ask them for Gleyber Torres. You know, those are the guys people, these teams are going to ask them for. Now, are they are they willing to, you know, give that price to get the pitcher they need? Well, basically, they have no choice at this point because their pitching is pathetic. Honestly, they don't have one guy, their go-to guy, like that you can count on to win when he pitches. Everybody is just all over the place. You never know yeah. what kind of, you know, game you're going to have, and that's the problem. So. And Tanaka's turned it around, but, I mean, he was bad for most of the year, right? So now he's turned it around, finally. Okay, well, we'll see how long it lasts is my thing, you know. Sabathia was pitching good, too, for a while, you know. That's the problem. You don't know what day they're going to have, and, you know, Pineda. You, don't, you just don't know when they get out there if they're going to, you know, Choke. You know, when you well, give up thing. four runs, five runs in the first inning or the second inning, you know, it's kind of a downer after that. Like, okay, well, I mean, these guys can hit and score, but they can only score so much. When you're losing, if you look at most of their yeah, no, losses for the past few weeks. You can't expect to come back on those games, you know. You know, it's it's becoming a pattern now. You know, and a lot of the games they lost by one run. You know, seven six, uh, four three. Yeah, but you they know, come back six, and they fall a little short, right? Yeah, they come back. Right. And you know, short. so it's like, uh, it's just frustrating me. They're on at one, so hopefully they have a good game so they, today they and tomorrow. Yeah, they'll be on while I'm on the air today, which is good. But but so. I'm not judge. I'm thirty home runs. Unbelievable, right? No, he's a he's a he's a blessing. He is he was a big big piece of their success last year and this year. You yeah. know, but they they just need pitching every year. I've been saying it for like the past seven years. They need pitching. You know, you get these guys; they start off good and then they fall apart in April, May, and then what? So they're only good for the first two months, and then that's it. You need you need reliable pitching, you know, and that's the problem. If they had good pitching, you know, they would be they might be still in first. 
You know, when their pitching was on, they were in first. Now their pitching fell apart, and they're they're four and a half games out. It's yeah, no, me. I know. So, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Usually after the All-Star game, they, they play better anyway, so we'll see. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, no, listen, they need to – I'm sorry, I was a little tied up. The kids are here. I was just getting them Gatorade. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, they, they – uh, That's okay. Yeah, they should uh, – they need to – they can't keep falling behind like this. They need to figure something out. Are they, are they really going to be serious about this year and make the moves they need to make? Or are they going to just write it out and say, you know what? We got, we're I mean, that would be sad kids. if they did that because they're in it. But, you know what I'm saying? It's not the Yankee so that way. would it's be sad. But it's not the Yankee way to just sit back here. It's not. Right. You know, you would expect them to go for it. And I think Cashman will. I don't think he's going to – I don't think Cashman's just going to sit back and not do anything here. I think Cashman is going to go make the moves. The question, like I said, is which prospects are they willing to – you know, what prospects are they willing to give? That, that, to me, is a big question. So, you know, are they willing to part with Frazier, Torres, or Chase Adams? So are they going to part with one of those three? That's the question. So we're going to see. But, again, they have to make these decisions soon. You know, because obviously the end of July, they're going to have to make their mind up what do they want to do. Because I'm sure there's going to be a couple of big pitchers on the market. It's a question, are they going to go get them? Because like you said, they have the hitting. They don't need any hitting. You know, they may need no. a third baseman, but you know what? They can live with what they got because they have enough hitting in other areas. Pitching and bullpen, because Tyler Clifford's become a big problem too for them. And Betances has been really wild. I think he walked like 12 guys in his last 22 innings. So yeah, I mean, control's become a big problem. And Clifford, Clifford gets locked every time he pitches. So he's become a big issue for them. And, and Chapman And they hasn't keep been that putting them in. Year. And they keep putting well, they gotta, them in. Get rid of them. Get rid of Batanzas, honestly. No, you can't get you rid know? of him. He's one of your best relief pitchers. He's been great for two years. You can't get rid of him because he gets a little wild. But they need other they need other reinforcements. They gotta get other players. They need other players to help out. Clifford obviously is the guy they should they gotta move on from. They need to replace Clifford. But don't forget also these guys are tired too, you know. I mean, well, not recently because they haven't been put in recently. To, but the, you know, when you have your, when you're taking your, you know, your starting pitcher out in the fourth or fifth or sixth inning, you know, you gotta, you gotta pitch someone. You know, that's the problem too. You know, they get well, rocked yeah, exactly. and then they're taking them out and then. It's just but frustrating. They're supposed to be one of the strengths of their team, and it hasn't been lately. So Chapman was hurt a lot. He hasn't looked great since he came back. Now, obviously, Batantis has, has gotten wild. His control has been an issue lately. And, and, but Clifford's just been getting rocked every time he pitches now. Like, Clifford's not giving them anything. You know, they need to, they need to figure it out. They need to, uh, they need to figure something out, the Yankees, of what they're going to be. Are they going to be a serious contender, and are they going to go out and get the players they need, or are they going to just play it out and hope they contend, but content with just the young kids growing and then building for the future. I think they've come I feel like they're yeah. always so more worried about getting hitting than pitching. And they don't need hitting, but they very rarely do they add a pitcher, you know? It seems like they're always getting 
another hitter to me. Yeah, no, they need a big, they need an ace. They need a top pitcher. Not right, they don't have one right now. Pitcher. They don't, and that's the thing is who they're going to get. And to get one, you're going to have to part with one of those good prospects. There's no way around it. Because nobody's going to give them away for nothing. You know, so we'll mm-hmm. see. I mean, listen, the next couple of weeks are going to be interesting. After the All-Star game, as it gets into late July, that's when it's going to get really interesting to see what these teams are going to do, who's going to put who on the trade block, and how are these guys all going to, you know, how who who's going to – the pitching is going to be important to see who's available. When I mean, you look around the league at some of the teams that ain't playing good right now, like you have – obviously Tampa Bay who's playing good. Archer would have been available, but he's not going to be because they're playing well, right? The White Sox, Santana, right. who's that's the guy the Yankees were rumored at getting before the season. You know, he hasn't had a great year, but he's a good pitcher. They're still going to want a lot for him. Justin Verlander might be available with Detroit. That could be a big arm for the Yankees to get. He hasn't had a great year, but he's, you know, one of the better pitchers. He's good, yeah, he's year. good. So, you know, he's a guy. Sonny Gray from Oakland is going to be available. So that's another guy. I know the Yankees have been linked to him. Houston has been linked to him, too. So Philly's really don't – they have Pelican, but he's not an ace. I'm just looking at aces around the league and – other than that, like the Reds don't really have any aces. The Giants, now Johnny Cueto is another guy that they decide to trade Cueto. But Cueto has an opt-out after this year. But if the Yankees rent him, and then if he opts out, you know, not choose to sign him. But he does have four years, $80 million left on his deal if he don't opt out. But Cueto is a proven postseason pitcher as well. So that could be another interesting name. And it might not cost him as much just because he can opt out after the year. So they might be able to mm-hmm. get Cueto without giving any of those top guys, uh, top prospects. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I guess you got to wait and see the next few weeks, you know. So like yeah. you said, the Yankees have a big series with Boston coming up next week, so they're going to have to turn it around in a hurry. I mean, yeah, you know? it's they have to win. That's the thing. You put yourself in a position now where you have to win. Yeah. So... It's going to be at the stadium, which is a good thing. So, Yeah, they have their own field, so they got to just, you know, get the momentum. And uh, they try to, they got to try to win the rest of the series with Milwaukee first. So you got to start here. You know, you got to win, try to win the next two games. Milwaukee's obviously yeah. done one of the surprises of baseball. Is that team could hit the Brewers. And they've yeah. done one of the surprises of the league. I mean, they're in first place right now. So they're doing a great job, the Brewers. So... Yankees are going to have to try to slow them up somehow, and to do that, you need good pitching. So they're going to have their pitches in the next couple of days. They're going to have to turn it around. And today, Who's pitching today? today do you know? I'll tell you in a second. I'll get you the matchup in a second. But yesterday Montgomery pitched right, and he didn't even last five innings yesterday. But that's what I'm saying. You can't. And he's been pretty good this year, that kid. But he's obviously. But today you got Severino going against. Brent Suda. So the Yankees have a favorable pitching matchup today. So they got the guy they want out there right now. So this is the game they got to get. Mm. And who the Red Sox play? Red Sox play at 4 o'clock, Porcello versus Cobb, Red Sox, Tampa. So that's a big game. So. Yeah, Tampa's Red been playing good. So hopefully so. they'll beat them. Yeah, Tampa's right there, too. They've been a surprise. Yeah, Tampa. Tampa's been but playing Tampa, good. Tampa so. always hangs around. They're a scrappy team, Tampa. Yeah. You know, they always, mm-hmm. they always seem to stay in the race, Tampa, even though they don't have the talent these other teams got. You know, they don't have the payroll these other teams got, but they 
somehow scrap and always stay in the race. Yep. You know, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll see. All right, next well, weekend we'll luck. be watching. Yeah. 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 Thank so you. Next weekend, we'll, next weekend we'll be out there with you. So. <laughs> yep. Live from Pine Bush, right? Live from Pine Bush. The show next week is live from Pine Bush, New York. Okay. We're looking forward. All right, we have, have a good show. We're going to have Christine from Pine Bush live in the studio next week. Hell so yeah. <laughs> so okay, well, fun. sounds good to me. All right. All right, well, you have a good show. Right, and, um, say, say hi to everybody. Thank you, you too. I'll see you. I will. Speak to you later. All right, bye. Bye. Steve from Pinebush talking Yankees, a little distraught. The Yankees in a little slump now. But you know what? The Yankees have exceeded expectations already this year. So, you know, but I understand, you know, you're in the race now. You get frustrated. The team's struggling. So, you know, they want to make the move. And like I said, the next three weeks, stuff's going to happen. So we're going to see. We're going to see what happens. All right, we're going to hit the phone lines again. Magic Mike, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, Mojo? How you doing? Hello? I think we lost Magic Mike. Mike, you Okay, there? what's going on, Mojo? I lost you for a second. What's going on? Hello? All right, how are you? Well, I was listening to Christine, uh, you know, griping. If, if the Yankees lose some more games, next week you might really be uh, in for a live session with Christine. Yeah, that, yeah, she's gonna be live in the studio next week, so that should be uh, interesting. And the, Yankee, the, the, Yankees the, are fall, the Yankees are falling down. Pick them up. Yeah, yeah listen. Now that now it's time to see what are the Yankees gonna do? Are they gonna do anything? So we'll see. Joey B is doing. Yeah, definitely. I was gonna say Joey B is doing the curse already. Joey Beningo. He's Joey P yeah. and Evan Roberts are really, uh, really, really struggling with the Yankees right now. They they, they talk a lot of Yankees, and uh, you know, oh, you know what was interesting? You talked about um, a tough loss for the Braves. The other night, the Braves played a three, like a two and a half hour rain delay, and there was no rain. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that, that was funny because I heard they were pissed about it. I heard a lot of players were mad about it. I know Gio Gonzalez was really pissed, the guy who was pitching that night. Yeah, and, and uh, speaking of the Mets, what about Big Sexy, huh? He goes to uh, he goes to Minnesota. Yeah, he picked the Twins. Yeah, I was surprised, and I thought he was definitely coming back to the Mets. No, I, but, I, I, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought so too. I, I thought the Mets had, I thought the Mets had it. I thought the Mets had him, but only because he was good in New York and, uh, and he couldn't play well in Atlanta. Liked him everybody liked him. You know, he's a favorite there. Everybody liked him there. But you know, he, yeah. he decided to go in a different direction. You can't blame for that. He, he gets to choose where he wants to go, and he made his decision. You know. Yeah, there's only one big sexy in Atlanta, and that's Kevin Nash. <laughs> Shout out to Wolfpack, who, who, whom I told, uh, whom I'm told he listens to Mojo on Saturdays, but can't call but in. That big sexy, he does big sexy. Yeah, and I heard uh, Scott Hall too. Hey yo, 
Now, the so, NWO so, so last night, last night, I, uh, last night, I had my very first. I don't know what happened, but the uh, Fox Sports uh, decided not to do fantasy NFL no more. They said they're coming back next uh, next season. Um, oh, okay. so I, so right, so they're not going to do it. So I, uh, so I did my very first um, ESPN, and I had my very first draft. And I gotta tell you, Mojo. I gotta I gotta tell you, Mojo. I I had number seven pick. Did you know that I was the first guy to pick a quarterback? Everybody picked every position except for quarterback. I was the first one to get the guy. Who'd you get? Tom Brady. Just Brady. I'm sure. I'm sure Allen from Old Bridge loves that pick. Hey, you know. (laughs) Tom, you know Tom, Tom Brady. Well, who would you rather have, Ben Oldsberger or 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 Tom Brady? I'll pick Brady. Well, from fantasy, yeah, Brady. But I think I'd rather have Rodgers. Personally. Let me ask you a question: How many championships does the, does the, does uh, Brady have? Six, five. And how many does how many does Roethlisberger have? Two? Yeah. So there you go. So, so what would you rather that have? Don't matter. That don't matter. That don't matter in fantasy football, though. Uh, listen, unfortunately, listen, unfortunately, unfortunately, in in this day and age, you know, the same thing with with who would you rather have as a quarterback, this guy or that guy, and you, and, and obviously it's like Montana or Jim Kelly, and you go, okay, Montana, you go playoff uh, wins, championship wins. Okay, Montana, but uh, but I but I think I picked a good, I think I made a pretty good pick in uh in in Tom Brady. I'm confident with Brady. Hey, what do you think? What do you think of the next uh, next offer sheet for Tim Hardaway? Seventy one million for four years. What the hell does that have to do with my fantasy football? <laughs> because because it's not football season. We're still three months away from that. Hey, I got I got invited to go. Uh, I got invited to watch the the Jets uh, work out. What do you? You're not a Jets fan. What do you care? Well, I'm I'm a girlfriend. My girl my girlfriend <laughs> wants to go to the the to the uh, uh, the practice, and I'm gonna. Take oh, that's to a the different game. story. Then, if you're going for a girl, then yeah, uh, no, then I got. Oh well, yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I got out of the, the I got out of the new kids on the block. I didn't have to go there. Well, if you would have went there, I, I think I might have had to hang up on you if you were going to a new, a new kids on the block concert. Oh man! Uh, <laughs> you know the Knicks going to the Knicks. The Knicks are, are full of shit. Um, they don't know what they're doing. Um, Seventy-one million you know, for Tim Hardaway. What are they, I hope the Hawks don't match that. I hope not too. You're sitting there going, "Wait a minute, we got to match that guy." Um, if we, if we, if we match that deal, we're dumber than the Knicks. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I and I like Hardaway. I like Hardaway. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's good. He's, he's, but he's, he's not a worth Hardaway guy. Seventeen and a half million a year is just crazy, though. You yeah, know, he's I, a I, fan. I, I think uh, I think Atlanta. I think Atlanta should reevaluate their state of mind. Uh, you know, I, well, I they're rebuilding. I, they're rebuilding. They're rebuilding. They got rid of Howard. They got rid of Nelson. They're rebuilding. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, listen, the Knicks are the Knicks are in big uh, the Knicks are in big trouble. 
Um, but the problem with the Knicks is, and and uh, and I and I've seen this. You look at their you look at their um, buy rate as far as ticks, uh, tickets and packaging and and what they're pay and what they're paying. They're doing a pretty good job. Um, they're doing a bit, pretty good job getting you know letting people buy the tickets. You know they're always yeah. full over there. So unfortunately, I didn't go for my season package. I only went half because I was like, you know, what if I get bored? So I took half of the twenty-two game. Adrian Wojnarowski, you know, from ESPN, is reporting the Hawks will not match the offer. So it looks like Tim Hardaway will be coming to the Knicks. Well, I, you know, and, it, and it's something. And it's something. That, it's something. What the Knicks are. Uh, what the Knicks are doing. First of all, the Knicks. Well, if they didn't um, sign Millsap for ninety million. They sure hell ain't going to give Hardaway seventy-one million. It makes no, no, it would make I, no I sense like, at all. I like. I like Millsap. I thought he would be a good player for the Knicks, um, but he can't well, always get what he wants. The Knicks, like the Hawks, are rebuilding. They're not going to give thirty million dollars a year to a thirty-three-year-old player. No, that's why the Hawks didn't sign him. Oh, I agree. I agree. But, but I, you know, but I, but I, uh, but again, you know, this is the way it, this is the way it works. Um, you know, so let's hope. Uh, you know, let's hope. Um, Let's hope the Knicks could do something because the Knicks need to shake it up. Um, with with getting rid of Phil Jackson and, and you know and uh, Phil Jackson coming in telling everybody that he wants to take over the team, it just didn't didn't uh, happen. But the Dolans, uh, the Dolan era is still here, and we have to see how it how it shakes out. Um, I wanna I wanna know though what you think on this one. What do you think is gonna happen with Carmelo? But I still think they end up trading Carmelo. I think he's either going to end up on the Cavaliers or the Rockets. I heard one interesting three-way trade, possibly, where the Knicks would trade Carmelo to the Cavs, Kevin Love would go to the Hawks, and the Knicks would get a first-round pick and, the, and like, the player, fill a player to fill the contract. So the Knicks would get a first-rounder for him. The Cavs would get Carmelo to reunite, put him with uh, LeBron James, and the Hawks would get... Kevin Love at his four-year salary. I don't see it happening because, again, I don't see the Hawks taking on that kind of yeah. money. But, you know, Love is still a young player with only four years left, so you never know, but I still don't see that happening. What? I think well, the, I only way Cavaliers, yeah, the only way the Cavaliers are going to end up with, uh, with, with, with Carmelo Anthony is either they have to get a third team involved or it's not going to happen. They have to get a third yeah. team involved and that would be another nice, and that would be another nice weapon for LeBron to play with. You know, somebody that you know. Oh, but yeah. the problem with the problem with Carmelo is he likes to hold on to the ball. Um, he's he's somewhat of a ball. Yeah, I think if he play, I think if he's playing with with other superstars like LeBron James and Irvin, he won't. Because if you ever watch Carmelo in the Olympics when he's playing with other superstar players, he yeah. he moves the ball around. He don't hold the ball. Right. I and think he holds it with the Knicks because he had nobody else. And as far as their first-round picks, I think they should go to the window and just throw them out the window because that's what they do best. Yeah, because they don't pick the right guy. And the, and the Knicks, I'll tell you what, if the Knicks come back and say, listen, we're going to be in a rebuilding year just like the Sixers have been in a couple of years, then they got another thing coming, I think. I, I think the Knicks need a lot of work. 
Hey, listen, it's already July of 2017. Football camp is right around the corner. Baseball's kind of tanking, uh, kind of tanking out. You know, the Braves are holding back a little bit. Uh, you know, it, it, it's anybody's, uh, it's anybody's guess. Um, what, what do you, what do you think? Uh, so, so as far as baseball and, and hockey, I know hockey. You know, free agents uh, coming up with the hockey. A friend, a friend of mine just gave me, a friend of mine just gave me a good idea. He wants to sell me one of his tickets to um, to the to the Islanders this year, and I'm like, I don't want to see them in 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 Brooklyn. Hopefully, they'll be out of there and, and back in their home. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you got a lot like you said, football's coming, baseball's hitting the dog days of summer in August. You know, basketball and hockey are going to really take heat the back burner for a while. So, you know, it's really, really in the next month, it's going to be all about baseball because that's all, until football opens up, you know, training camp and preseason, it's really going to be. Then we start the football Saturdays on the show again, which will be a lot of fun when we're doing the picks and everything. I'm looking forward to that. You get PDV back on again. Here, yeah, PDV is, uh, if PDV, it's going to be interesting to talk to him. Especially that I'll be up in uh, I'll be up in Buffalo when we play Oakland uh, this year. So I'll yeah, be you'll sitting have to call, like you'll have to call I'll, be, from there. I'll be sitting I'll be sitting like in the third, in the second row. Yeah, no, you're gonna have to call the show live from there. Well, yeah, and then how about how about this one? My mother my mother my mother makes a mistake, and she gets me a ticket for um for the for for uh, the Buffalo Bills game. In 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 uh, Cincinnati, and I said, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Didn't you get me the the the, uh, the jet game?" She goes, "I didn't get you a jet ticket. I got you the other one." I said, "Where am I?" So she said, "Oh, you're you're right down there. You're going to be like one uh, at fifty six and like the third row." I said, "Well, where am I?" <laughs> she said, "You're going to be in in Cincinnati." I know. So that's, that's, so that's a nice the, surprise. Yeah, That's so nice what surprise. I did was I said, you know what? I said I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry. I said I said uh, I said this is one hotel I don't have to, you know, one game I'm not gonna pay for a hotel because I'm gonna just drive back home. But the but the uh, but my whole family decided to rally around me and get me a restaurant and get me a, you know a, a stay and have me not have to buy anything and. So I didn't have to book a room because of my cousin, so so uh, it worked out nicely for me. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that sounds like a good And I'm not going to be sitting in the snow. So, And also I'm going to yeah. the first jet game and the second jet game because a, a friend of mine whom I used to go to school with, he had an extra ticket for the jet game. He knew I was a Bill fan. He said, if you root for the, root for the Bills, why not root for it with me? It's it with me. I said, that sounds like a good deal, so I'm going to go with him to those games. There you go. Have you ever been to a Dolphins game? What? Yeah, I was in Miami. Have you ever been to a Dolphins game? Yeah, Miami, I went to see them. I mean, I've seen them a few times in Jet and Giants, you know, against the Jets and Giants here, but I've seen them in Miami against the Jets as well. 
Yeah, well, I just want to say uh, it's I actually just Brett, say... Brett Favre's first game with the Jets and Pennington's first game with the Dolphins. That was the game I was at. I was actually yeah, sitting I... right next to Ronnie Ronnie Brown's mother at that game, which was fun. I was, uh, was, I was sitting football. next to John Franco one time at a uh, uh, at a hockey game. He's a big he's a big Ranger fan, and I was sitting next to Mr. Ranger, uh, John Franco. I'll never forget me and Lenny, you know, uh, Mr. Berger. Me and Mr. Berger sat next to Carol Alt. She used to be married to Ron Greshner, the Rangers. Years oh, ago, yeah. We were young. And yeah. we sat right behind Carol Alt. She was talking to us the whole game, bought us a pretzel and everything. Me and uh, Mr. Berger. It was, it was actually a cool experience because she was a you know, yeah, very good-looking model. Yeah, and, so, and, and I tell you We were like thrilled. Yeah, and you never know. Well, that was nice. I mean, back then it was probably 350. Now it's like uh, eight bucks yeah. a pretzel. Hey, uh, yeah. one more thing. Last night, did you see? Did you see the internet went crazy? AJ Styles became the new. Uh, inter, uh, new yeah, US I seen that. He won the US night. title at the at the live event at Madison Square Garden. So now Tuesday night he'll be the US champion on SmackDown. And that and that right there is good for business because he's a great wrestler and everybody likes AJ Styles. Um, you know, and AJ Styles, AJ Styles is is good. The last time that I went to a, a WWF Championship house show that changed hands was Bob Backlund versus Big Daddy Cool Diesel, and Diesel won the title in two seconds. Yeah, I remember that actually. Yeah, that was that was that was crazy. In itself, but uh, Mojo, I just want to thank you, my brother, for my time. And uh, I'm yeah, no, thanks for coming and... on and always. Yeah, and, man. Uh, how was your Fourth of July? Everything was good. It was good. Everything was good. Thank you. Had a good time. How's the family? Everything. The family's good. Yeah, everybody's good. Everybody's good. I, I got love... a house full of kids right now. Oh, that's the way. Hey, that's the best <laughs> way. You know, you're having fun. Well, that's cool. You know, they deserve it. You got a lot of things going on over there. It's summertime. Um, let's get ready for some more baseball today. We got to take on the Washington Nationals. Good luck to That's both good. teams. Good luck to the Mets, the Yankees, and I'll talk to you later, man. Take it easy. All right, man. Thanks, Mike. Have a good you one. You got it, brother. All right, bye bye. Magic Mike talking all sports: baseball, basketball, football, wrestling. As always, good job. I got to take a quick commercial break, but when I come back, I'm going to be back with. The, the Met Roundtable, Dr. A and Padman. So we'll be back in three minutes. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detectives' quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop 
forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause www.caseyscause.com Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our wacky stores page on Facebook. Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. So far, almost an hour in, we did a lot of baseball, you know, some talks of basketball, even some football was thrown in there. And now we're going to talk some more baseball. We're going to bring in... Man. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's usually a good morning. Now it's good afternoon, right? Yeah, I actually, I probably like a couple of weeks ago when you, you went on at 9, I, I like that time the best but for me, but this actually works out well today, I have to say. So, good afternoon. I good afternoon, Doc Hayes. What's up, Alan? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. What's going on? Hey, guys, before we get into baseball, so, Alan, I don't know if you were listening, when Mike Magic Mike called, they started talking about Brady and Roethlisberger. Did you hear that? Yeah. You know, if you want to make your uh, fantasy football pick Brady, you know, more power to you. I, I, the easiest thing to do right now for football is to get out your plunger and give a great big ass kiss into Brady. You know, there's just – you can't lose with it, right? It, to yeah. me, he's, he's the great – after this last Super Bowl – most successful quarterback at all time. 
I think successful is the word I'd like to use. A greatest quarterback should be able to play in any type of circumstance. You know, whether the offensive line is good or not good, maybe a different coach. He's also been in, to, to achieve what he achieved, he's been with Belichick the whole time. And they've done it without him. I don't, they would not have all these Super Bowls, you know, without the combination of each other, Brady and Without each other, right? They need each, without without each, each other. other. They're the best, most successful quarterback um, coach in the league ever. Like, you'd have to give him that. If you can separate it and say Brady would have been great anywhere he went, where we've seen quarterbacks go to different teams and they're successful. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's the truth. You know, even look at a Dan Marino away from Shula. Good, but he struggled with the coach. He, he's just had the advantage in the Patriots as an organization. You give him credit. Never separated the two. Don't move on. Maybe one at one point we'll see Belichick with a different quarterback if he wants to keep coaching and try to prove something. Um, but it's a great combo. <laughs> Yeah, to me, you take Brady with an offensive line that's so-so and games you seem pressured, and I don't feel like I'm watching the best quarterback all time. You take him in that system with different receivers, and you do feel like you're watching the best all time. So it's just hard to say. See, best all time should have great legs. Like, there should be more to it than the best combo all time. I wouldn't even – Yeah, I can't think of a better combo. And I hung for him in that Super Bowl because I've said this before. If he loses, they got blown out in the first half. They get blown out in the second half. He's got one less Super Bowl and and another loss and a blowout and is the best quarterback to ever lose three Super Bowls and one badly. Two are close wins with you know losses with the Giants, but then one big bad win, a big bad loss. I don't know. It's so much hung in that Atlanta Super Bowl. We just I have to give him credit. Well, you want to you, you want to chime in on that, Batman? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I don't think you could hold it against him, um, against them for recognizing how good they work together. However, the other piece of the puzzle that you didn't mention is they have rotating receivers, they have rotating running backs every year. They make guys that are really a borderline mediocre players look very good. You know, so now whether it's him or, or the coach, well, or you know, it's it's the, it's the coach. When we say like borderline receivers, you know what? You take Ocho Cinco, star on the Bengals, brought him to the Patriots, right? We know he can put up touchdowns and numbers, and he did it for years. Within that system, he stunk. He went from a star wide receiver of a team for years, franchise guy. To couldn't work within that system. He's stuck. Well, I, I he's getting beat up by these what we're calling average guys. So is is it just the franchise is that good at finding who fits their system? And that's I, more I, important. I, I, well, now and now they traded they traded for a legitimate number one receiver. Now now they got Brandon Cooks from the Saints. Now you put him with Gronkowski. All of a sudden, then you have Edelman. You know, now their receiving core is pretty good now. Like, you got names now. It's not just guys that Brady's making look good or the system making look good. Well, now they actually yeah, got they, that legitimate deep threat and cooks that they haven't had since Moss. Not that he's Randy Moss, but Moss was like right. their last legitimate deep threat that they had. You know, now they have another deep threat that could, you know, 
stretch the field. That's big. Well, you know, they're obviously looking to repeat. This is a yeah, franchise that got it together. You know, and as long as they have Brady and Belichick combined, they're going to make the postseason. And and I'm sure they're looking at what happened in the first half of that Super Bowl. Comebacks like that don't happen all the time. And add another piece to the puzzle. It's more, more credit to, to the organization. Look, what they did last year in that Super Bowl, coming back like that, was, was something – it was – it was actually legendary, and I'm not a Patriots fan, as you know. Well, you know, no, I'm also I'm also not a Patriots hater. I mean, and given the fact the beginning of the year they started out with with, with their, their their main start suspended for four games and still was successful, speaks volumes for the organization from the top down, not just the coach. I mean, everyone must be working on the same page. The evaluators, you know, we all wish our teams had had this type of. Uh, uh, organizational structure, right, and success. Uh, it, it's hard to like them. It's hard also not to respect them. It's hard not to like them? Is that what you said? It's hard to like them, but it's okay. hard not to respect them. Right. I, I, for me, I consider them the cheating franchise. Brady's good within his system. That Super Bowl is where I have to take off my hat to them. That comeback. They prove something. A tail kicking, I'd still be sitting here saying he's not the best ever. Best ever won't get the tail kick like that in a Super Bowl. It just doesn't happen. But he got it done. So it's half off, hats off to, to him, Belichick, and the organization. Well, I don't know if he's the best now, fantasy football quarterback. Is he going to give you the most I touchdowns and yards in the league? Fantasy. Say but, that again? How about this? I would still take Rodgers in fantasy, I think. Rodgers? Yeah. You know, Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, football, you're not necessarily you know. looking at winning a Super Bowl. You're looking at who's going to get the most yards, most touchdowns, and often that's going to be a team in shootouts, not necessarily a team yeah. winning. Sometimes your wins are low-scoring games, and you have to know how to win those too. You kind of exactly. want the quarterback that's going to be forced to throw. Right, when they lose, they put up numbers. All right, so very quickly, guys, so to switch now. So we're going from a great franchise to a bad franchise in the Mets. <laughs> I mean, so we're going complete opposite. That's night and day. To the Mets. I mean, yeah, it's like night and day to the fullest. So, I mean, before we get started on the Mets, what do you think of Cologne spurning them, huh? So. Yeah, it, it, does it say how bad we are this year? You know, last year he, he loved being here. He went to the Twins. He picked the Twins over the Mets. Yeah. yeah. He must have talked to people and they told him to stay away. Yeah, I don't know. It, I actually – could it, could it be – and I don't know because I really didn't read about it yet. I have the paper sitting on, uh, on uh, you know, next to me. But could it be something where the Mets couldn't promise him once again that he'd be in the starting rotation? They wanted him for the bullpen and the Twins wanted him for the starting rotation? Because when you think about it, very soon – Potentially, we're going to have a bunch of health—not a bunch, but we'll have some healthy pitches. They might have their role for him would have been, might have been, and I don't know this for sure. Might have been, okay. Look, Marcelo, we love you. We want you in the dugout. We want you in the clubhouse. We want you pitching, but we see you more as like what we used in the World Series, where you come in the bullpen, you you do long relief, you help us out where needed. Maybe a spot starts somewhere, and maybe that's not what he's looking for. That's why he didn't come to us in the first place last year, right? But that was. 
that was in the beginning of the year, not now. Now we could actually use him. The difference is yeah, but the I don't Twins signed him for a minor league deal. He's not in the Twins rotation either, Padman. He signed a minor not, league deal with the Twins. He's not even on the major league roster right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, that's a good one. That, that's how that's bad the thing. I mean, that's the thing. He's signed a minor league deal. So that's, you know. That makes it a little yeah. more like weird what happened there. Yeah, I guess the bottom line, he didn't want to come back. Yeah. That's you know, unless, it, unless it's something, the Met organization, you tell me if you think something they wouldn't do. They know he was popular, right? We all know he's having a horrible year. But we all know last year he was a fan favorite. He was fun to watch. We've seen him pitch. He, he was, and he was good in City Field, especially good at, at City Field. You know the fans want it. We're looking at our pitching. We could use him for a lot of different reasons, not, you know, to come in and have a one ERA. No one's expecting that. But say they don't want to do it. Would the Mets make it look like, yeah, 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 but never really made a push for him? Yeah. Yeah, like are they just seen. saying it publicly, right? Are they saying it publicly? It look good. To make everybody happy, and but, you know. If they come out and just said, hey, we don't think he's in our future, we're not interested, that's not something that would have really gone over well with the fans. Am I wrong on that? I agree. Yeah. But you know, you know what's surprising, though, because the Mets are all about money, and he would have sold tickets. So that's the surprising part of it. Well, could could it be in their first negotiations with them in the beginning of this year they pissed them off in some way? Well, that's another. That's a good point because that could be it too, right? That might be, you know, he might he might be pissed off about how it went in the beginning of the year. So he said, you know, what the hell with them now? They didn't want me then, so I'm not going there now. I would think if the Mets were contending, he would have came back. So, like right. if the Mets were like two, three games out of first place, I definitely think he would have came back. But yeah, we're I guess, falling, the, right? the Twins are right oh. there. They're only two games out, and they're a game out of a wild card, right? So I guess the Twins give them a better chance to contend. So Yeah, if he's looking for postseason, it could be as simple as that. Look at the team that's more likely to be in the postseason. I right, the Mets not likely. Point, I would think in this point in his career, he would look for a place where he could he could he could pitch and potentially be successful, which I would think would be City Field. But but who knows? I have a question I'd like to throw out to you guys: uh, baseball, but not Mets. Shoot, so and so a couple of weeks ago, uh, I went to the Hall of Fame as I, I described to your listeners and you guys, and there was a section on steroids, and the section on steroids really, you know. It, it, it wasn't a positive section at all. It was kind of like a black eye section in the in the baseball ball museum. And I think it's funny because I think all of it happened what ninety seven and ninety eight, right, with McGuire and also around that time period. So we're actually twenty years away from that now. Twenty years. You believe that twenty years goes so fast? But we're wow, twenty years crazy. away. And now, now the ball is flying out of the major league ballpark at rates that we've never seen before ever in history. They, they, the theory is that the balls are juiced. We don't know if the people are juiced, but maybe it's a combination. Maybe it's a combination of the balls are a little tighter, and maybe in 20 years, maybe they're not using steroids, but maybe in 20 years they develop some stuff that is, let's say, more natural or programs or exercise routines or whatever 
to make these guys a little stronger or swing a little quicker or have better hand-eye coordination, or maybe it aren't using steroids anymore. So, so, so they're not as effective. I don't know what the combination is, but I think, and, and this is this is my question as my challenge, is, isn't it hypocritical of Major League Baseball? Like, I think you're trying to promote the sport through the home run, and it is the most exciting thing when you're at a park. It's the most exciting thing on TV. It's a game changer. But the, the ball's flying out at insane rates, and they were they were they 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 they, they were blackballing people back in the nineties twenty years ago for hitting home runs, and now they got guys that are hitting home runs on pedestals. And I just can't believe it. It's completely all natural, or it's not the ball. It's it's something. You know, you can't tell me in the last eighty years they're hitting more home runs now than ever, even during the steroid era. Because if you look at some of the size of the gentlemen back in the nineties and the size of the guys today. 20 years, we should be getting much bigger. I don't know if there's many guys bigger than Mark McGuire. I really don't. I even think Gene Carlos Stanton, Stanton, standing next to McGuire, McGuire will give him a run for his money size-wise. And I don't know. You see the size of Aaron Judge? <laughs> I understand he's a big, strong guy, but I don't think that's muscular as the guys we've seen in the 90s. I just don't. Yeah, but what, Bob, I don't know if you remember. That... I also don't know if you remember, though, when Maguire first came up. He was very skinny. He wasn't big like he was now, you know. He wasn't injected with steroids yet. 49 home runs in his rookie year. No, I understand that. I understand that. No, he still had the power. There's no doubt about it. He had the power, but he wasn't as big as he ended up being, obviously. And and then the the difference to me size-wise, it's not all about baseball. Here's the difference, though. If you're so much stronger and your bat speed stays relatively the same, you don't necessarily have to hit the ball flush every time to get a home run. You don't necessarily have to hit the ball exactly on the barrel of the bat to hit a home run. You can have it a little up on the barrel. You can have a little down. And the ball's going to carry because of your strength. That's the difference. Yeah, if you got you that power, power, yeah. If you don't have the strength, you, you have to hit it completely square to really um, you drive the ball. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. So I just wanted you guys' opinion about this. Is the ball steroid era, or, or or do you think it's guys being bigger, stronger, and swinging for home runs? I mean, there's a lot of different theories there. I don't think we'll ever know the answer, but just want your opinion. So what are you thinking, that it's possible there's something that's to be banned in the future that they're all using? No, well, now they're talking about it's the balls. A lot of people, they're saying the balls are tighter and the laces are tighter on the ball. That, that's something baseball... That that could be exactly right. It's something baseball's done on and off. They where the, how tight they wind up the ball, and one of the ways you know, and I think the Grom has said it, and a few of the pitchers they all are getting blisters on their fingers, and they're saying, and Ron Darling I think said it too. The baseball this year has a different feel, and that's why we're getting more pitches with blisters that never really got them, like as an issue. I think every pitcher probably gets a blister on the finger, but not to the point where it's an issue. We've seen the Met pitches with. You know, five innings into a game, they're looking at their fingertips. The ball's got to be different. So I think that's at least half uh, the answer. Well, I, I have, a, I have, a, I have a, another question for you, and this is and, and, and two things. Number one, pitches, the average baseball thrown today, average, the average pitches throw 93 miles an hour today. Back 20 years ago, the average pitches throw 88, and the fastball is thrown at 96. So the blisters could be, could be caused, could be caused, 
by the rate of the ball coming out of the guy's hand, probably five or six miles an hour on the average, quicker than it was 20 years ago. That could be the case, or it could be the tight baseball. But I have to tell you something. If it was a tight baseball, I would think the pitchers would feel it. Like, they, they go through the whole line. Well, the pitchers are the ones complaining about it. The pitchers, the pitchers are complaining about it. Yeah, they, they have mentioned the, the ball. Ones saying that it's, it's the ball. Well, and they did do something to the ball. Major League Baseball will tell you they did do something to the ball. So, yeah. listen, it's no coincidence that it's at an all-time record high now, the home runs, you know? Well, I'll bring you back to the I mean, guys like – I'm sorry, guys like Dan and Judge that we just talked about, those are just naturally big guys. They're going to hit home runs no matter what the ball is. You know, but you see right. some of these other guys yeah, that Their home runs are way out of the park. You know, there's some other guys hitting too many home runs that they never hit this many in their life, and they got it at the all-star break. You know? Well, I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you something else. Uh, if you go back, and I, like, I don't know if, if somebody wants to look it up, but I kind of remember in 95 or 96 when, like, Ken Caminetti had, had – had traps going above his ears. Uh, and, and in that time, right before Maguire and Sosa came on, on the scene, I, I kind of remember um, announcers and people saying they wound the baseballs really tight, right before the steroid ever became very popular. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. So, yeah, so it, it, it's tight. not something new where they wind it tighter in different years. And when they yeah. do, they it know they're like, looking for more home runs. It looked like they almost. It looked like they almost untightened them when the whole steroid thing broke, just to make home runs come down so people forget about the steroids. And now that everybody forgot about the steroids, now they want the home runs back again. Yeah, that's what seems like happening to me. It's all about the almighty dollar. It's all about money, and everybody loves home runs. Everybody loves the game changer. But 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 this is my question. And then this is my question, too, and I don't know the answer once again, but I'll throw it out there. Here's my question. Guys are hitting not only home runs, they're hitting mammoth shots, 460 feet, 470 feet, 480 feet, 455 feet. But the little guy, is the ball wound tight really mean 50, 60 feet in a home run? Really? Apparently. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. I'm just kind of – I mean, that seems like – you know, you got to, it's not like guys are hitting seven home runs last year and 15 home runs this year, but it's 350-foot home runs. These guys are hitting 450-plus home runs that some guys have never even heard of. It's well, I don't crazy. know if you've seen the other night. I don't know if you've seen the other night. The guy, the pitcher of the Rockies hit a 461-foot yes, homer. Yes. The pitcher. So, so, I know right. Colorado and all, but still, the pitcher hit it, <laughs> you know? So, so. All right, so I, I didn't see the video, but tell me this. When you normally see a home run with it and they give you that exit velocity number, it's usually someone that's swinging like a stand or a cesspit. It's a pretty vicious swing, and they make great contact on it, and the ball's out in a blink. When I hear yeah. a pitcher hitting it, I, I'm thinking they kind of lay the bat out there. Like to ricochet a ball off the bat on the sweet part of the bat and get a long home run like that, it tells you there's something with the ball. Well, right, pitches aren't and, really going to do that. And, and now you know really we're talking shot. about it a lot more on ESPN about like this exit velocity stat, right? It's become yeah, a big stat well, now. That's also that a game I was at. The game I was at a couple of weeks ago when Harper hit that home run that I almost caught. That exit velocity they said on ESPN was 160 miles an hour. And let me tell you something: when that ball was coming at us, 
that was a dangerous ball. If you don't have a glove on, I had a glove on. If you don't have a glove on and you're just sitting there and a kid, somebody gets hit with that ball, they would have been seriously hurt. Because that ball, let me tell you yeah. something, when that ball hit the chair, it hit the chair like three, rolled down and three chairs over, and it just ricocheted to the back on the field. That ball, I'm telling you, that ball almost hit a lady. If that ball would have hit that lady, that lady would have been really hurt. I'm telling you. you know, that ball was coming hard. hard. And you don't expect that sitting way out in the outfield. No. Right? Sitting above uh, above the dugout, you know, right on field level, yeah. Seeing that kind of velocity coming at you for a home run. It was almost like a movie. We were sitting there, and we had our gloves because me and Anthony were having a catch outside the stadium before the game. And I told him, as Pop is up, let's put our gloves on. We were in the bag. We were getting snacks out or whatever. I said, let's put our gloves on. He might hit one here. As I said it, the next pitch, it comes flying at us. It was almost like a movie, and I had my glove on now. So I'm like, and I had it lined up. I showed you the pitches. It just kept tearing right. away, but the thing was coming at us like a rocket. It, it would have been, been a great away. It would have been, been that would have been that would have been on the that would have been on the plays of the year on Sports Center if I would have caught that ball. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, it I was. almost laid out on top of a lady. You, you see guys catching balls, home run balls, with their hat, with their bare hand, kind of like the way you would kind of soft catch an egg so you don't break it, you don't break your fingers. You see that happening all the time. Now, something coming at you over 100 miles an hour, you're going to break your finger most likely if you try to do something stupid like that without a glove. Yeah, so that exit velocity is a very real thing. No, why we're hearing about it all the time. Look, if Anthony threw the ball, and he throws about 70, 75 miles an hour, and I caught the ball without a glove, it would probably break my hand. Oh, yeah. I mean, 70 miles an hour. Dude, I, I have baseball practice. I have baseball practice with the kids. And, you know, there's times I'm hitting grounders with the bat, and they throw it back to me, and I barehand it. There's times if it hits me, and they're not throwing 70 miles an hour. But, you know, they're gunning it at me. But I'll catch it with my bare hands, and if it hits the wrong part of my bone, it should hurt, but I have, like, a bruise the next day, and I feel it the next day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and it's, you know, if you, you can't, that's why they teach you never stick your bare hand out when you're playing baseball, ever. Because, you know, right. you can always break something or hit the wrong bone in your hand or your knuckle or your fingers. You can break yeah. something very easy. Absolutely. You're definitely looking at a fracture somewhere. <laughs> and so, yeah, so also... I know- are the Mets? Do you think the Mets are done? Uh, I think I think as 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 Mets fans go, we want to believe because that's what we. If we didn't believe when they're down like this, we wouldn't have believed. We would have believed maybe five times in thirty years. So I think we're, we're bred inside us until until the magic number is gone. You always feel you have hope. Although when you look at the team now. I was very happy Bruce had a nice night last night because his trade value just went up a little bit. So, you know, I'm playing two sides of the coin because I really want the guy to, you know, I want I want us to be successful. My heart tells me we can't be this year. But it, it's hard to not watch the games. I'm just a fan and, and I, you know, it's it, it just oh, sort of a... We all watch the games, but it's, hard. It's, just, it's a painful baseball game sometimes to watch. But will we agree? Right yeah, now, their yeah. best trade, their best trade ships are Bruce and Reed right now. Those are their best two trade trips right now. That's yes, guys in their last year of their contract. Yes, 
Yes, sir. It is. If you trade Reed, um, I'd have to say that's a complete give up. Like they're done if they do that. They, they want to hope that something's going to happen. And here we are as Met fans. We want to watch down to that magic number. Minus Reed and having absolutely no closer, I would say done. And thinking that they're going to do something or that the team even expects to do something, and you move somebody like Reed, it's just no way it's going to happen. And I read something that I read something that the Nationals are really interested in Reed, but the Mets don't want yeah, to trade into the Nationals. Listen, if the Nationals are willing to give us their top prospect like Victor Robles, I would give them Reed and Bruce for Victor Robles. So it depends who they want to give. You know, you got to also well, look at it that way. I'm, I'm with Allen. I don't know if I would give up Reed so easily unless we get a really impact, a, sort of potential impact. Into a division well, Robles, rivalry, Robles is, a, yeah. Robles, Robles is the fourth-ranked prospect in baseball. That's why I mentioned him. Um, how, however, so you, however, we would obviously do it. However, I think Bruce what, is, what position is, is he? Center field. It's exactly what we need, too. Ah, center field. I, I, think Bruce, I think Bruce has to go because I think Conforto, I believe Conforto can be as good as Bruce, or maybe a little higher average. Um, and maybe a little less home runs, but I think he drive the ball, and he can, at this point, probably play a little better defense. And and next year, I can't see Conforto in center field, so I think Bruce is almost a given. You have to give him up and try to get something in return. Because you're not I agree. Because you have to you have to get a real center fielder next year. Yeah. Move Conforto yeah. to yeah. the corner. Yeah. Conforto has. So, to me, in any situation, isn't it likely we we get rid of Bruce? We don't get a center fielder. And we have Conforto and right, so put us in left when he's healthy. And we're looking at Granison and Nemo. And, no. And Granison will be gone. I can't see them in any scenario where we re-sign Granison. If they do, Honestly, I, I, that I, last I don't year, even know what to say. Watch watch but yeah, he's Brandon, another guy. He's another guy that could help us defend us. The Mets got to spend on a center fielder. There's, there's two good center fielders on the market in the offseason. The Mets better go spend on one of them. The Mets have $80 million coming off the books. There's no reason that the Mets can't spend some money to get some players. Right. And we got Bruce and Grandison that I would say are good pickups for a team coming down the stretch. Yeah, Grandison's a second-half player, so he's a guy that for a team that's contending to get now for the rest of the year. There's no doubt about right. it. He's, he's I, don't know, Duda, I would move Duda, too, but nobody really wants Duda. So. His contract's I, would, I would also think that Wright isn't going to play again because you haven't even heard about him. So we might get the insurance money for him as well. He might be done. I mean, we haven't heard about him. Well, it's funny you said that. Uh, you know, Rhea, you know, Rhea, from, you know, Rhea, she knows her daughter's travel coach is good friend. His wife went to school and is good friends with David Wright's wife. And uh, mm-hmm. she told me they, he has a good relationship with David Wright, the coach of, her, of the travel team. And, you know, he comes to events and stuff, and uh, they got to meet him and stuff. He said he told Rhea, Wright, Wright can't give it up, right? He's, he's still – he's not retiring. He's, he's content on coming. He's, like, determined to come back. He's not – He's not even yeah, taking every time. He can't, he, he can't accept point, it. His words, his exact words to us, he can't accept it. He can't accept retiring. That sounds about right to me. He's yeah. still a young guy. But at what point does the insurance kick in? Because he's not on the field for X amount of time. I thought there was a certain time frame. Well, I think they get it. Like, 
if he don't play this whole year, I think they get a certain amount back for this year. But if he retires, yeah. if he retires after this year, they can get back like sixty-five percent of the eighty million that he's still owed, or something. Okay, so and I think it would even. They're gonna end up yeah. a lot of money. So, so they can use some oh. of that money to sign a pitcher or two, and then get a good center fielder and a catcher and whatever. But okay. they, plus they have eighty other million coming off the book without rights contract. They got eighty million dollars coming off the book. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Yes, yes. There's no. So hopefully next year we're looking people. at a real third baseman and a real center fielder, and an upgrade in the catcher, and that you know could be the turning point. Presuming Rosario is a shortstop. Well, you know yeah. this time we, we we see him, and Dominic Smith. A lot less talk about him. Rosario's a name we keep hearing, and, you know, I, I did read a, a scout review on Dominic Smith that said, overweight and moves like a 50-year-old. That was the, the scout scout's quote on him this season. You know, we haven't seen much of him. I, that was very disheartening to me. I think someone in his position, knowing dude is probably gone, you would be, try to be in the best shape as possible. We've seen him come up a few times. I thought he's looked good sometimes. I do think he's looked a little fat sometimes. So what kind of athlete do you have in him? I, I don't know. Flip it, everything I've read about Rosario says he's the best shortstop, you know, in our minors and including our starting roster. So he's, he's an instant yeah. help to this team. There's they no should have him up reason right. that this kid's not up right now. It, it, it's inexcusable. It really is at this point. I heard, I heard that he had some holes in his swing they want him to work on. So, I mean, that's – I know, I'm having crapped out. Let him work on TV. it up here. It's all, it's all a smoke screen of BS. The guy's hitting 370. There's, the guy's doing everything right right now in the minors. There's nothing left for him to oh. do down. Well, why why wouldn't they bring him up? What's the reason they wouldn't bring him up? Well, the all the nonsense, This only right? thing came on the air and said why is that we have good – there's no reason to rush him. We have good players already up. And he's talking about good players. He's basically saying Reyes Cabrera so the worst and then the baseball? Yeah, so that's what he's saying. We're not going to sit Reyes or Cabrera for right now. Next year, yeah. Listen, if Cabrera wants to come back, he's going to have to play second base next year or he's going to be gone. Walker's going to be gone. You know, so that's going to be the question. Well, Reyes will probably there. stick around. Reyes will be around as a mentor probably. They said he's been mentoring. Rosario, even while he's in the minors, he talks to him every day on the phone and probably stuff like that. Probably going to play third base. Right. So Reyes will, Reyes will probably play third with Flores next year. Well, let me and tell you something. Reyes, Reyes this year is a big bust. Well, listen, he hasn't hit, but you know what? He's been on fire lately. He's been hitting, and he's no, he no, is, he's not, a way better he's a way better defensive he's a way better defensive shortstop than Cabrera. Way better. Not even close. You. But his defense is lacking as well. At third base, it was. He was shaking. You couldn't tell me that he fulfilled obligation to you as a fan this year, Jose Reyes. You can't because he's not right no, now. Steve, 90% of the team hasn't fulfilled their obligation. So what's the point? There's no point to that. No, my, no, 90% no, my, my, of the team, you can't single out Reyes. The whole team's been a bust. I'm not singling out Reyes. I'm, I'm making the point that they might need to go out and get a real third baseman. That's all. 
Oh, no, no, no. Clearly they do. What they do, they probably won't. We're factoring in the Mets. The Mets ain't going to spend the money. That's the question. Are they going to spend the money for that? If I was the Mets, I'd go all in and try to trade for Machado, but the Mets won't do that. What's more important? Here's a question. What's more important for this team right now? I'll give you three spots. Coming into the second half of next season, definitely. Center field, third base, or catcher. If they were going to fill one of them, which is the most important? Center field. That's tough to call. They're all big holes. But uh, I would say catcher. Catcher's a dead spot right now on the team. It's literally a dead spot. If they were going to bring in a player for one of those three, would it be catcher's the most important? I I tend to think center field. They won't, though. I would think they're going to address center field. They're going to address that outfield because Bruce is Bruce and Grandison are free agents. You know, unless they're, they're not going to hand it to Lagaris, I doubt it because like you, Lagaris gets hurt every year, and Nemo's not going to be the everyday center fielder. So but, uh, they, that, you know, that's a scary thought. They, they say, "Hey, third, look at our outfield. We've got some for this," and they'll go yeah, with Lagaris around. They'll keep Reyes and Flores around for third base, so they'll have options there. You know, not such a great option. They'll still try to tell you that David Wright's coming back, too, so you got to remember that, too. And, uh, you know, first base is another hole. First base is going to be another hole if they don't call up Smith. If they call up Smith, then it's that. They better call up Smith. Well, you know what, you know what the whole deal we're pointing out right now is? Next year is a tremendous amount of holes. In all over the field, and they're probably going to be huge competitive last next year because you can't fill out of nine eight spots. You can't fill six holes. Well, when you have eight million dollars coming off the books, doesn't matter. There's no way. There's no way any organization is going to get all real. A real franchise, a real franchise, wouldn't be in position to have seven empty spots. That's the problem. They're not a you real franchise. You know, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, but tell me one like on the team that would go into next season. Hey, tell me one on the team that would go into next year with six holes. That's the problem is they don't see them as holes. And really, if you think about it, if you think about Rosario and Dominic coming up, then there's only, you know, three holes. When you think about it, because I I, I even doubt they're going to do anything at the catcher position. Yeah, right, if, so let's I, look if at I it had a guess for the three, it's going to be hypothetically. Field. Hypothetically, you have Smith at first next year, Cabrera at second, Rosario at short. Let's just say a combination of Wright, Reyes, and Flores at third. Okay. Okay. Cespin is, is in left, Conforto in right. So now you have. Really, center field and catcher and bullpen that you got to fill. If they can't fill that with $80 million, then there's something wrong. Lorenzo Kane, you can get for like $15 million a year next year. You're supposed to lock him up. He's one of the best center fielders in the league. He's a free agent. You get I him agree. Go get, a, go get a real catcher. I don't care who it is. Get a, get a catcher. I don't even care if he can hit. Just get a real catcher who can field. Just get somebody on the market. Who's on the market? Put an end to the base stealing and swap. How about Luke Roy? Jonathan Luke Roy is going to be out there. He's a free agent. He can hit end field. So get Luke Roy. Why can't we add Luke Roy and Kane to this team next year and then add a couple of relief pitches? Hopefully the starting pitching is healthy and we're a contender. I tend to. 
Yeah. This team won't do that. Rivera is available. I think you go and you do that. Rivera don't make that much money. He's the backup, and then now Sal's the catcher. And kids don't know. Wait for a bag of balls. I don't care what you get for him. He's a, that's all he's worth is a bag of balls. He's a pump. You also have to you also have to say Rosario and Dominic Smith have to work out the way you think they will. I mean that the first year in usually doesn't happen. But they're two of the top thirty prospects of baseball, so you got to roll with them. You got to roll with them. <laughs> I, I agree. I'm just saying it's not they worth might not be as productive as exactly, Steve. No rookies guaranteed to work out. But at some point, you got to find out what you got. In them. I, I agree. I would find out this year, but yes. You're talking about Reyes, who's done a big bust this year, and he has, right? Rosario's not going to do any worse than what Reyes did this year. He's not. I agree. You know, and I, I would have brought him up already. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Mitch, we're not going to see him until September. Mitch's a way better defender than Duda, okay? Way better. He, ain't, he don't have the power Duda has. That's the only thing he won't have. He's a better hitter. Hey, with, with these tight baseballs, you might have the power. Okay, okay. so I got to go over 40, okay? So, you know, Duda, Duda could go like three weeks without getting a hit. I don't know if you ever noticed, because he could. But it does. So, they're gonna lose, they'll lose power at first base. That's it. They're gaining everything else at first base other than power, okay? Rosario is better than Reyes right now. He's better than Reyes, Cabrera, or Walker right now. I can bet the house on that he's better than them right now. Yeah. You, know, you don't often hear can't miss. He's a can't miss guy, Rosario, according to a lot of people. Can't miss. There's nothing left for him to do in the minors. Call him up, like Steve said. Call him up now. Let him get the kinks out now. If he's going to have a little struggle, let him have it now. You know, why wait till next year? Let them get it out of their system now, both of them. Let's see what yeah, we no, got I, here. I agree. We're, we're past that point. We're not within five games, three games, and you don't want to rock the boat. They should just see what we got now. So next year, we're not calling them rookies so much. Fans are used to it. Hey, you know, what, what do you think about a guy like T.J. Rivera? I like Another him. Another guy, he's a good, he's, he's a good utility, nice backup player. I don't mind having him on the roster. I really don't. It's another infielder we have for next year for third base. Yeah, possibly. he, he seems like a, guy a, a solid bat. Right, he's solid a guy bat. He can move around. He can play I wouldn't mind giving him a real. I wouldn't mind giving him a real shot at second. Well, said whatever. You, well, Cabrera leaves, he might. Right. The thing they got to watch with the, with the infield and you, you put in a Flores and maybe a TJ is how we didn't turn a lot of double plays this year. A lot of balls went right past people under Duda's glove. You know, they, they were very bad on the infield defense. And what we do, Phil, has to fix that for our pitchers. You know, a pitcher has to feel comfortable hitting a ground ball, double play, double play ground ball, and it happens. You know, they, they toss it slow and then he's safe at first. Or they just mess it up all together. We've seen a ton of that this year. And it's cost all the all the pitchers at some point. The the guys they replace and become the the second baseman, the shortstop, the catcher, that has to fix that. They're never gonna win having like one of the worst infield defenses. We don't see a lot of stellar plays on our infield. We just don't notice it anymore. 
You know, after years of spoil with an Ordonez, wow, look at that play. Look at that double play. It worked amazing. They turned it. It's just been the exact opposite. Can't believe they didn't turn that double play. Yeah, remember when we had Ordonez and Alfonso, how great that infield was? Yeah. Ventura, like, it was a great infield all the way around the horn. This has been the complete opposite of it. Below average, not even average, below average. If that doesn't scream to you, shake it up. They thought they'd have it in Cabrera and Walker, but let's face it, we don't have them on the field. It hasn't mattered. I agree. So it's going to be an interesting offseason. I mean, you know, but I would like to see them get something for these guys now. I really would. I don't think we're a playoff team. So, uh, you know, why not? No, definitely not a World Series team. I mean, obviously, I'm not giving Bruce a read away, but if somebody comes to the table with a big prospect, you got to move them. You can't even blink. I'd be more willing with Bruce than Reed because of what we spoke about before. I think he has to go anyway, not because he's not productive, because one, he's valuing him, and then, but two, we really need to send a fielder and Conforto's a long-term solution. But Reed's got to go, too. Reed's a free agent, too. If you're not paying him, you got to let him go, too. I know, but it just would be a little harder for me to let him go without familiar around. Oh, we made trade. Trading, if you're trading Bruce, you're already quitting on the season. So what's the difference? You're already quitting on the season if you trade Bruce. You know. You're right. It just mentally would be a little tougher. Personally, well, trading into you know, the Nationals is tough because you're just making the Nationals that much better. That's their one weakness, but you right? Know what? The Nationals. The Nationals are probably going to get end up getting a better reliever than Reed anyway. So you know, at the end of the day. Reed's good, but Reed, it ain't like Reed just can't miss closer either. You know? So, no, no, no. If I can, if I can if get the Nationals Victor, really want a World Series get, shot, they need to do that. Victor, pick up Reed, maybe someone else. No, I understand, but if we get Victor Robles in a deal for him, trust me, the Nationals will be regretting that deal for the next 10 years. <laughs> I, I yeah. personally don't think the Nationals, obviously, the Nationals wouldn't do that. We'd have to give them more than Reed. You know, but I'm just saying that's just, that's the type of guy I would want if I'm moving him. We can give more than Reed. We got Robles, we got Salas, we got we got names we could throw in there. They want they need, more, they need more than, they, Yeah, they need more than one reliever. Yeah, they have to shake it up. I I would think they might be a little desperate in changing up their bullpen, and has been terrible except for when they face the Mets for some odd reason. They they have been able to shut us down. If they want to make a real serious World Series run, they know they're going to have to get at least three different bullpen guys on that roster. A minor leaguer, a trade, something. Going in with what they got, they're not going to win a World Series. What do you guys think of uh, another note? What do you guys think of the home run derby? Who do you think is going to win? you think it comes down to Stanton and Judge, like everybody's saying, or do you think somebody else could uh, sneak in there? Did you guys... What? You got Stan, you got Justin Boy, you got Judge, you got Gary Sanchez, you got uh, Miguel Sano, you got uh, what's his face, uh, Chad uh, Cody Bellinger from the Dodgers. So and it seems to you that Aaron the, Judge is making a name for himself. So I think in Stan's my opinion, the defending champ, and it's in his home park. It's in Stan's home park. So I don't know. I think to tell you the truth, I think. The home run derby is almost like the slam dunk contest. 
I almost don't care anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I know it don't really mean much. It don't really. I know mean it's much. sad. It just it's 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 something to occupy my time. It's a three hour contest, and I watch maybe an hour of it if you're lucky, right? That that, that that's really what it is. Unfortunately, um, it's not that important. Yeah, I watched it more. My son likes it, so I watched it for him. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine. From a young person, it's probably fun. For me personally, I just could care less, right? The Mets, the Mets signed their first round pick this year, David Peterson. Finally, the last team look, to look, sign their first round pick. Look, guys, I have to, I have to roll. We've been on here phone for a little bit. Um, look, have a wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful rest of the weekend. And uh, Dr. thank you, Ray, We don't hear from you for a while. Ship ahoy, okay? Have a great time. All right, thanks, thanks man. Have a good one, Padman. I'll be listening. Thank you, man. That Padman, always the, the always colorful Padman. So, so Alan, I mean, what do you, what, what would you do? Would you, you would hold all these guys right now? On the match. Wait till, yeah, I mean, would you wait till the thirty first and say, you know what, we're gonna just move them all, all those guys in the last year of the deal? Yeah, you know what? Entertain the offers and see what you get. Don't throw people. Kind of what you said with Bruce. Uh, Bruce is a solid player. Don't throw him away for nothing. Somebody offers you the right thing. You're giving up quite a bit in Bruce. You know, I think he's got, what, 22 home runs, solid person, um, great baseball guy. There's not he looks like he's really settled in, right? He looks like yeah, he's really settled in. Yeah, when he first signed, he, he didn't hit. He was uncomfortable. He didn't know anybody. It's like watching a different guy in the dugout this year. Slumping or hitting, it's a different player. He seems happy in the post-game interviews, very comfortable. So if you're going to move him, maybe he's a guy, once you settle in, he won't even be happy moving. But um, you got to get something for him. You're not giving away a Cabrera, like kind of a older, at the very end of his career, veteran. You're giving away a guy that's going to hit 20, 20 home runs for whoever – he he's going to help the team. He's team in a pennant race, right? He's going to help the team in a yeah. pennant race. And if they sign so, him, they, they're going to get 20 home runs in the first half of the season, same way we did. Get something for him. Don't give him. Don't give him away for garbage. And we probably should be looking just like Reed. Prospects. Reed's another guy. Both relief pitches are so important right now. So if you're moving Reed, you have to get something big for him, right? Yeah. The, the three that we, we could move and get should get value for would be Reed, Bruce, and Granderson. Granderson, the third of the three, only because what he's done in the second half, you could sell that. You know, he, he did great. He, he hit a pinch hit home run for us. It, all indications are he's going to have a, a decent August. You know, get something for him. Hey, great. You're gonna, he's yeah, he's going to help the team in a, in a pennant race. He is. Bruce would help more. You got to maximize yeah. what you got, right? So you have to. If they can move they these guys to, and end up with a catcher, a center fielder, um, better than Dominic Smith, first baseman. Like who knows? The next year could be a whole different conversation and a whole different first half. But it's the Mets, and it's like we're just crossing our fingers. And that's how I yeah. Feel. Yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do. They might just hang on to everybody, lose them all to free agency, and. Whatever, it's still a lot, like you said, a lot of money coming off the books. Sign some people. So on the never-ending Mets saga. So yeah, Mets that's, that's a good. 
So the Mets activated Conforto today, right? So Brandon Nemo is on the DL now with a partially collapsed lung. I mean, I, 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 it's unexplainable what happened to this team. Partially collapsed lung. After that, after. Yeah, that's scary. And that's scary. I mean, that's not here. They say he's out anywhere from three to six weeks, but. Wow. Now, here, yeah, Mets, fans call. Trying, Mets fans are saying call Timo up. <laughs> that's how bad it's got. Yeah. I don't even know I don't even know what to think of Kibo. Other than he's gonna <laughs> make some noise and sell some tickets and the more we're completely out of it, have some fun and do it. Well I I, I wouldn't even know what to say at that point. Yeah. We're, we're most likely gonna see him in September, no? I would think so. They'll probably have a team Kibo bobblehead day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not this year, I hope. Yeah, next year. He won't even be on the roster, but they'll have a Tim Tebow bobblehead. And he's about like the money. Something. Like, what's the point of even signing somebody like that, if you really think of it, right? Like if you say he's most know. likely he's – yeah, because he's never most likely ever going to make the majors, right? So that's what you're basically doing it on? Yeah, minor league ticket you sales, know? and you're hoping if he does, you got a great story. You can almost look at it and say, well, you can't lose. He's just helping the minor leagues. And, and they're probably fans coming, signing autographs, so a little attention to your teams that you don't normally get. And if he works out, you'll sell some tickets in the majors. It's a can't lose unless you make it a big fat distraction and you're sitting somebody you shouldn't be sitting. You know, like playing Grandison over Conforto. The Mets would never do something like that, right? No, never. Never. So it's like knowing that. It's a good chance for seeing Conforto. Like if you sit Conforto and you blame Tebow, anything ridiculous, that's how you make it end up hurting the team. I just can't yeah, put it so past this franchise because they did it for the entire first half of the season. Playing Granderson when they shouldn't have. Yeah, well, 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 he's going two for 50. Yeah. He said he's valuable match, in the so. trade for, for a postseason, but he's horrible in the first half. He buries you. He's a big part of us being 10 games behind, regardless of what he does in the second half. Perfect player to trade. He's got nothing no, to do next year. But... There's no point in bringing him back. you got an overcrowded outfield without a center fielder as it is. And like we spoke about, he's going to come next out year, and help. Just... It would be yeah, a disaster. Yeah, because he is—he is one thing about the one thing about him. He's a good second. He's a good second half guy, right? Yeah. Use that. Show his numbers. Show his recent hitting, and get some team to give up a top minor leaguer for him. I would say that would be fair for him, considering yeah, his age and what he does. Teams get guys to overpay. Why can't we get somebody to overpay? Right? Other machines always get people to overpay. Why can't we do it? Yeah. You should. You should be able to get, if they're good at the negotiation table and the team's a little bit desperate and an infield, an outfield is hurt and you're looking at Granison's second half numbers, I would think you might be hmm. willing to give up something you wouldn't normally give up. You say you want me to help you? Well, then you got to help us too. How's that sound? We'll help you. Exactly. you got to help us. That's how it should be, yeah. right? Yeah. Rather than giving guys to the Nationals. <laughs> yeah, just giving guys away. 
the Mets specialty. Right. If we so. if we don't move, I mean, then the Nationals will just sign him in the off season. Yeah. See Reed over there yeah. anyway. That'll really be right. They'll sign him anyway. That'd be funny. That'd be the Met. That'd be a typical Met. Yeah. So we got nothing, and he's on his team next year anyway. They sign him and Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll be Bruce will become a Met killer like Murphy. That's exactly what we need. How to bury yourself for the next five years. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on as always, Alan. All right, always you a got great it. Job. Always, always great talking baseball with you. Always a great job. Yeah, and always we'll be great back next week. next week. Next week I'll be back in my normal slot for the week, 10 to 1. So we'll definitely hook up again next week. All right. All Have right, a great man. rest of the show and a great day. Thank you. Probably on for another 15 minutes or so, and that's it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Yep. Thanks again. Enjoy your weekend, and I'll see you uh, I'll be on Tuesday. I'm not in on Monday, so I'll see you on Tuesday. Yeah, hey, I'm off next week completely, so. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Have fun. Enjoy. Good for you. All right. <laughs> yep. All right, man. All right. Bye. Alan, Dr. A from Oldbridge, always doing a great job. Him and Padman, a lot of Mets talk. We also talk some football with, with them as well. It's a great job, guys, as always. And got a, you know, probably 10, 15 more minutes in the stand here. I just want to go over some news here. So, obviously, I, kind of the Hawks will not match the offer to Tim Hardaway, so he is in there, $71 million. Thank God as a Hawks fan. So, Tim Hardaway will be back on the Knicks for $71 million for four years. Wow. So, Good deal there for, for Tim Hardaway. Good, you know, he earned more in this deal than his father earned his whole career. That's pretty crazy. His father was an all-star. So good for him there. Good good move for him. You know, baseball, the Yankees, so they had a big afternoon game today. They really needed to. They needed a good start in the first inning. Rerun homer by Stanley Santana off of Severino to the Yankees. The Yankees are already down three nothing. The second inning now, the Yankees are already down three nothing. So definitely uh, not the start that the Yankees were looking for today. So down three nothing. Top of the second to the Yankees. Severino, one point two innings, four hits, three runs already. But he has five strikeouts. We struck out all five outs so far. But Yankees are already in trouble. Down three nothing. In the top of the second inning, Eric Baines is up now as well against Severino in the second inning. So we'll see if Severino can hold the damage, and he does. Baines just made out. So it's, it's uh, two innings in, three nothing Brewers, bottom of the second, an inning and a half in. Astros and Blue Jays scoreless in the top of the second as well. So let's just try to get a quick little update on the NBA. Let's see if we see any other NBA news today. Obviously, we also talked just while I'm still on baseball for a minute. Conforto, I just mentioned Conforto activated today from the 10-day DL. Brandon Nemo on the 10-day DL now with a collapsed lung, so that's serious. Hopefully Nemo's okay. No word yet on how he sustained the injury or how long he may be sidelined, but initial reports three to six weeks. But definitely our thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family, and hopefully he's okay. So we'll keep an eye on that Brandon Nemo and hope everything works out for him there. Looking at the NBA, really nothing else other than that. The rumor now the Knicks may move Courtney Lee. The Lakers are interested in Rondo, as are the Knicks, but the Knicks don't have any money left now that the 
Tim Hardaway deal. Obviously, Jamal Crawford was bought, down, bought out by the Hawks as a free agent. Rumors he really prefers the Cavaliers. And as long as the Cavs are willing to give him a full mid-level exception, it looks like Jamal Crawford could be joining the Cavs, a big move. So Cavs, it's really the Cavs in the Golden State just grabbing all these guys right now. And they're going to see it. It's almost like you might as well just play the game now. You know, it's, it's pretty crazy. Obviously, hockey, we're going to push back till next week. As Mr. Berger and his Gene, Gene Cherry was unavailable today to a family matter, and Mr. Berger is still on a plane. He's flying from Los Angeles. So we will. I don't want to even start with the hockey because I want to do it with them, obviously, because they're our hockey guys and they have all the knowledge. So I do want to next week with hockey, I want to have them coming on. They have all the latest rumors and inside information. So we will hold hockey off until next week and get into that next week because they will be on for sure next week, both of them, and I'd rather do it with them and, uh, you know, cover pretty much all the top hockey news around the league. I am going to mention one thing. I see the $100 million deal signed by Connor McDavid, youngest player ever, 20 years old, to get that kind of money, pretty crazy. And uh, But he deserves it. I mean, the guy's a future star. I mean, he's a star already. He won a hard and rookie of the year trophy. So, I mean, the part and the, and, uh, the scoring title, I mean, the guy is just he's unbelievable right now. He's a future scoring title champion, that's what I meant to say. But the guy, he's the next big thing in the NHL. He's already a big thing in the NHL. So definitely shout out to Connor McDavid on doing, on getting, getting paid and uh, well-deserved for him. And then it's going to be interesting now to see what the Rangers do. Are they going to move, make a move for Duchesne? Rangers really need a center. I know they start signed Desjardins for a one-year deal, but the Rangers clearly need a center, a first-line center. I know JT Miller is going to move back to center, but I see a big move coming there. I have a feeling Duchesne, that somebody like Duchesne might be coming in eventually for the Rangers. So we'll see what they do there. That's going to be interesting to keep an eye on, of course. And uh, so... Yeah, so next week we'll really get into the hockey with Mr. Berger and Gene Cherry. And obviously I wanted to mention, just mention Boston getting Gordon Haywood now. Obviously it's a big move. you got a big star player. But, you know, when they, they got rid of, they traded Avery Bradley yesterday to the Pistons from two for Morris. So you do something like that, right? You trade Avery. You get him. They got rid of Olnick left as well, right? So you lose Kelly Olnick and you lose Avery Bradley. And you still might lose Crowder or Smart. So to get Haywood, I mean, you lost two, three key players to your team last year. Was it really worth it? So that's another question as well. So we're gonna, we're definitely going to see what happens there with Boston. But, listen, they're trying to do anything they can to try to beat the Cavaliers. Personally, if I was Boston, I would have waited it out another two years and wait for LeBron or the next year if LeBron leaves. or I, I don't think he's going to leave, but if he leaves or something happens, he could have did something there. You know, Golden State and Cleveland are almost picking, and the West is stacked. I mean, everybody went West. We know Millsap signed with Denver this week. Hawks clearly rebuilding. I, I didn't like it. They ended up getting a first rounder back, and Diamond Stone was a good young center, 20-year-old, which I like, and Crawford, who they bought out. But I, obviously I would have liked to get Millsap around because he's a good veteran, and he's you know, a four-time All-Star with the Hawks. I mean, I never they made an All-Star game until he came to the Hawks. He was sad to leave. He's really disappointed the Hawks didn't even offer him a contract, but it goes to show you where the Hawks are going. The sixth first round is coming up for the Hawks, obviously. Next couple of years, obviously, the Hawks are looking to build for the future. And, again, like I mentioned, and also the Nets, 
they're waiting on the decision. Team Washington is going to match the Otto Porter deal, but the Nets offered a max deal to Otto Porter. And obviously, Tim Hardaway is going back to the Knicks as the Hawks didn't match the Tim Hardaway contract. So just another couple of interesting things to, to note around the league as well. So I do want to say good show today. Again, as always, great. A lot of calls. Good job today. Thanks, Christine from Pinebush, Magic Mike, Alan and Padman for all that, for calling in, talking sports. And uh, Yankees now going to the third inning, down 3 nothing. And they had a leadoff base runner on an error. And then the ground ball gets to second base, and a pop-up was dropped. Next pitch, ground ball come back to the pitcher. He gets the runner beating between second and third, and then they throw back to first to pick off the runner who was rounded first. I mean, you can't even make this stuff up. I mean, that, that was such a bad base running play. If, if the Yankee fans didn't want – Yankee fans didn't want to get rid of Headley then. I mean, but they really don't want to get after it for that terrible play he just made. So, top of the third coming there, Yankees down 3 nothing. Bottom of the second, Houston and Toronto score. It's just an update. Next at 4 o'clock, Wainwright and Wheeler at 4.10. So, just keeping you ahead. So, I do, like I said, it's a show, short show today. But next week, we'll be back to the normal three hours, 10 to 1. It'll be from Pine Bush. I'll be away. So I'll be doing the show from Pine Bush, New York next week. And we're going to have Christine from Pine Bush live in the studio. So that should be fun. And we'll be talking about all the top news in baseball, basketball, and obviously Mr. Berger and Gene Cherry will be on next week to do hockey. So I want everybody to enjoy the rest of their weekend. And thanks again for listening and calling. And be safe.